there, I'm Michelle Bunch, and this is Enthusiasm Diaries. Enthusiasm is contagious, and in this podcast, we get to share in the enthusiasm of others and perhaps spark some of our own curiosity along the way. Thanks so much for listening. Well, I am here today with Chris Monder. Chris is an engineer by training and also a 21st century video game enthusiast. And he's here to discuss an industry that's largely subject to 80s and 90s perception. And that's evolved quite a bit in the last few decades. So um, thanks for being here, Chris. And I I just want to say I'm particularly excited because I know very little about this. And it's been fun to do just a very... Um, high level overview and, and learn some, and I can't wait to learn more because I'm I'm kind of a newbie with this. So, thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm very excited as well. You could even say enthusiastic to talk to you today. <laughs> and I just want to say I love that the shirt you're wearing today. We were just talking about it, but it says "fully engaged," which I'm like that could be like that could that could be part of this podcast too. Here you are, fully engaged, ready to talk about video game industry. Absolutely. You mentioned uh, you mentioned my engineering background and and uh, having the opportunity to travel a little bit and work with large teams, both within my company and without. I'm I'm struck by this almost duality between what's comfortable to discuss as an adult um, from an entertainment perspective, items that have been around a little bit longer for centuries in some cases, like music and movies and gaming, just reaching this pedigree where. Uh, I think it's becoming more comfortable for a wider demographic, but certainly a disparity between sort of the uh, the forty hour work week and what people enjoy doing on the weekends. And I thought mm-hmm. it'd be a fun topic to talk about, considering uh, many of the uh, uh, occupational geniuses you've had on your show and people with truly fascinating backgrounds. I'm uh, just honored that we're taking the time here to discuss something hopefully fun for you and your listeners. Yeah, well, well, thank you. I wonder to get us started, can you share and again, this is, you know, intentionally high level. There's probably a lot of places we could do deep dives into, but for just the type of show this is, probably not going to do that today, but from your own research and interest, can you share a little bit about the current state of the video game industry and where your thoughts on where where it's trending or what you've seen? Well, sure, Michelle. I, you know, I think maybe starting off with um, setting the stage of just the magnitude of the industry itself. Um, you have almost three billion people uh, around the world today, including over two thirds of American citizens that that actively play video games. And two thirds. I don't yeah. know. Like, I just don't know what I would think was the the percentage, but I don't think I would have thought that. So I'm like, gosh, I, good thing I'm learning about this. If two thirds of the people are doing it. <laughs> and, and I think a, a little bit of that is just the, the wide array of entry points to spend time with video games. Folks who might not consider themselves gamers, a word that's developed a certain amount of stigma over mm-hmm. the years, but they spend a couple hours a day playing Candy Crush on their phone, a little words with friends, uh, maybe spending some time with other members of their family in a more stationary environment at home. And and they're part of that. They're part of that statistic, whether they know it or not. Mm-hmm. I, I heard somewhere it was like the word there's a you can ask a question. Are you a gamer or do you play games? And you probably get a different um, a different 
yes or no on that. Would you agree? I, I would. I would. I, absolutely. I think there are these different ways that we that we define ourselves and whether or not something is potentially deemed culturally acceptable for someone of a certain age group mm-hmm. uh, or not has, has a lot to do with that. And, and I think uh, also familiarity and exposure of, of the medium itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you look at overall revenue, for example, the music industry pulls in about $50 billion a year uh, worldwide. The box office, a little about about $40 billion a year or so. And the gaming industry um, has reached over $180 billion in uh, in 2020 alone. And that's not as much of a spike as you may have assumed due to the pandemic. It's actually really in line with about a three to 5% year over year growth that it's been experiencing for the last 25 years now. Wow. But just doing the quick math in my head, that's more than that's double the combined, um, the combined with music and box office. Like that's insane. (laughs) It's, it's almost uncharted territory in a lot of ways where it seems, it seems so large, but it's segmented into so many different, uh, specialities. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, like we talked about a little earlier, I think different ways of different ways of enjoying it, but some of the narrative around it, particularly for those well into their adulthood and the exposure of the gaming industry. I liken it a little bit to cinema in the 1930s and 40s. You had a lot of war movies, a lot of spaghetti westerns, and it didn't necessarily, it wasn't associated with the type of artistic integrity it is today or certainly what it developed into Mm -hmm. in the 1950s and 60s. You had the occasional one-off like a Citizen Kane or Gone with the Wind but it wasn't really until the 1950s that the Rebels Without a Cause, Sunset Boulevards all started becoming more commonplace. And all of a sudden, these, these worlds of, of fine acting, of excellent writing mm-hmm. uh, started to become more common, more well-respected uh, around the world. And cinema benefited as a result of that. And really, a lot of, a lot of what I'm seeing um, is that the gaming industry is just edging into their own early 1950s they're sort of emerging from this stereotype of uh whether it be a a war movie like a halo or call of duty which certainly are just as viable uh today and have been for the movie industry um and and you're starting to see a a wider array of diversity of background uh, talent engaged in crafting these really phenomenal experiences that i would put um i would put head to head with some of the best books and movies I've seen in my life. Wow. So it's like, this is just the beginning you think perhaps. I, I think so. And, and in some ways it's hard to predict, but sure. it seems to be following a, it seems to be following a trend where um, gaining a little bit more mutual respect from uh, both content creators and casual people around the world. It's, it's uh, it's really been a, it's really been an upward trending curve in that regard. Yeah. Is there anything else that you're aware of from your research, like as far as, you know, the demographics of who's playing, how long they're playing, um, just to kind of give an idea of the just the scope and the the vast numbers of of engagement? Yeah, I think this is something else where uh, where perception doesn't always meet reality. Uh, you know, believe it or not, the the average age of of someone who enjoys video games. Uh, here in America is is 34 years old and and on the worldwide stage is 35 years old and about 47 percent um, of all gamers are female wow. um, and so I, I I think some of if if you if you haven't been uh, 
somewhat interested in the gaming industry for the last 20 years. You may have, you know, memories of of uh, prepubescent teenage boys playing their Sega and Nintendo. And, mm-hmm. and, and while uh, certainly uh, younger people still enjoy video games very much so, it's, it's taken on a multi-generational approach, uh, so much so that uh, less than 20% um, of gamers are uh, under the age of 18 today. Wow. And that's not to say that it's diminishing necessarily from an adolescent perspective. It's just that it's gained so much more breadth um, for, uh, for different age groups. Yeah. When did you first get into it? Well, I actually, uh, outside of going to friends' houses, it's it's a little ironic. I didn't play video games growing up. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, PlayStation Two in two thousand two. So I would have been, um, I would have been eighteen years old at the time. Was the yeah. first uh, video game console I ever had, and I just thought, wow, there's a ton of potential here. You can start to see where it's going. Uh, you thought that, like, right when you saw it, there's a ton of potential, like. It, it was wow. very striking to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think a lot of different genres were, were starting to take off at the time and you were starting to see the the technology be able to realize some of these creators dreams a little bit more. So, um, you know, you think back to what was available in the 1980s or the 1970s and uh, hand-eye coordination mm-hmm. was, uh, was really, was really the name of the game as opposed to today where, storytelling narrative approach um contextual engagement and motivation of the player are all at uh, more of a premium i would say than uh, how fast you can press the a button <laughs> I, w- I was thinking of like duck hunt that's where my uh <laughs> i'm playing like my cousin's duck hunt game does that does that t- tell you my <laughs> the, my experience with it and that was probably gosh 80s <laughs> well and you, you bring up an, an awesome point michelle because while the industry has experienced this kind of exponential growth, nothing is actually being replaced. Um, so, mm-hmm. so your your light gun games, uh, the the Mario's of the world, these platformers. Speaking of the seventies and eighties, they continue on just as viable as they once were. And you're starting to see all these new ideas form, uh, really in their own in their own emerging pathways. So, when you think of gaming today, I, I would put it in four in four broad care, uh, categories. You have a PC, mobile, whether it be a tablet or a, or a cell phone, a console gaming, something plugged into your TV, whether it's streaming or, or local, and, and VR, virtual reality. You're starting to see more of, more of these commercials. And there's, there's been thought from certain industry pundits, particularly over the last 10 years, that some of these newer mediums like mobile or VR would ultimately replace or shrink other areas. And that hasn't been further from the case. They've all been growing in their own right. So wow. you have uh, these hundreds of millions of people that are either uh, spending a little bit of time with a couple of different areas, um, or you find an entirely new audience that's enjoying one of these one of these emerging pathways. Wow. Okay. So it's because I, when you started to say that, I was wondering, oh yeah, is it because we always have our phone and so everything's moving that way, but it sounds like it's just, there's, there's options for, for any of those kind of uh, accessibility options, if I'm hearing you right. Um, yeah, there, there really I'm are. Like, I don't know what, what would I think? And I feel like I keep being wrong with my, if I were to make predictions with some of this, it's interesting. You know, it really is. And I think uh, internet infrastructure has really helped make make a lot of this possible as well. In some cases, uh, many folks will be able to enjoy the same game on the subway on their cell phone and simply pick up where they left off at home. 
uh, through through cloud based ch- transition and and just mm-hmm. having that ability to really streamline the experience and not put any limiting factors in front of the audience, I think has 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 really helped, especially especially more recently as these things have become more um, more approachable, maybe um, for for a wider array of people. Yeah. Well, t- tell me what has what has the role of video games in your life been like? I mean, have you found? Can you tell us sort of how often you play, what you like to play, and have there been even benefits to or things you particularly enjoyed about video games in your life? You know, I I, I think so, and uh, this is this is probably the most the most intriguing aspect for me. Um, Video games to me are experiencing artistic creativity from from hundreds of people, uh, no different than many other mediums. But but you have that side by side. Well, in my mind, being able to experience personal growth through active involvement and and also motivation about about your pathway. I think in my work experience, you see a lot of people struggle with with time management, prioritization of their overall goals, and also the anxiety that the that the work week can bring. And sure. And gaming in general, to me, it's 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 working a muscle. It, since it's not a passive form of entertainment, uh, the type of games I enjoy having dozens of having dozens of goals, priorities, and concerns as well. In essence, I'm I'm doing something very similar to to a to a role working with a large team, wow. um, in a way working my brain, and I, I believe more successful in my career uh, as a gamer and and having that ability to continually challenging myself uh, during the weekend or or in the evening uh, and allowing myself to develop and see some of that success you know um, I, I also hear about uh, uh, other other work acquaintances um, and some of the some of the experiences they've seen the social aspect of gaming particularly when folks have been um, a little bit more isolated during the pandemic has been enormous, sure. bringing families closer together, allowing people to uh, keep up. And also, uh, you know, in a topic that we that we might touch on a little bit later, the platform of, of content providers, the the community built around gaming in general for people to uh, to meet one another, to to get to know one another, to share their ideas. I was spending time with uh, with a parent. Uh, one of my one of my friends the other day and his kids have their own Nintendo Switch. They have a setting where uh, voices are voices are more or less muted or put to some sort of cartoonish garble, and subtitles are displayed instead. And their mm-hmm. kids are far and above more advanced in their in their literacy and reading than than their peers um, who who wow. don't have that experience. Wow, I'm just like kind of blown away by what you're saying because it's it's if I'm hearing you right, it's that playing games makes you a better problem solver, a better multitasker, more emotionally in tune, um, feeling less, probably, probably more your best self with less anxiety. And then you're talking too about like advances in literacy and social opportunities for people who might otherwise feel more isolated. I mean, talk about like hitting every box in terms of what would be good things. And, and I'm just, this is just me being very, um, you know, I'm a very, (laughs) I'm new to this. I'm learning more and getting to talk to you, but I'll be honest. I didn't just hearing, if I just heard video games, I wouldn't necessarily first think of all that. And to be fair, I haven't really played, but I'm like, wow. I mean, are, are people to your knowledge, are people researching some of this? I think a lot of it comes through experience. You know, you probably wouldn't, 
you probably wouldn't research anything unless you had it your own contextual example or personal experience that would cause sure. you to want to investigate further. So it's kind of like, well, where's that, where's that jumping off point? Um, right. well, where am start? I going to find my, my point of entry to, to get engaged? But, but absolutely. I'm, I'm constantly blown away by self, by, by some of these recent examples. My uh, sister-in-law, for example, teaches an introduction to video games course at her high school where she's a teacher. Oh, really? okay. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you read not about college, not when I went to high school either. You, yeah. you read about uh, college professors using um, at the graduate level, even video games as a, as a foundational element to teach everything from history to literature. As a matter of fact, uh, mm -hmm. a game I, I personally enjoyed very much. It took place in, in 43 BC and a historically reenacted ancient Egypt and cool. hundreds of millions of dollars were spent to bring this world to life. And the budget surprises a lot of people as well for certain call them blockbuster or triple A video game titles. This particular game, uh, well over $300, $300 million of, of overall budget and wow. being able to experience life, uh, to the point where, uh, scientists and experts in Egyptian history were brought on board and a team was formed and actually funded to further research for actual ancient Egypt in order for both the game to succeed and for posterity's sake and our own knowledge. So you see video games in this case actually carrying the torch to further real world knowledge. And today, if you if you go to the Field Museum in Chicago, for example, the ancient Egypt exhibit has kiosks set up with this game as a tool to actually really? be able to show people uh, what ancient Egypt is. They have a uh, there's a section of the game where uh, 50, 50 courses, self guided courses, are taught where you can see everything to how pottery was made at this time, to how crops were harvested, and actually be able to sort of self guide yourself. Uh, through these written visual and audio tours that are also being used as a as a classroom tool, so it's a it's a wonderful sort of interactive intermediary that I think in many ways is superior to more of a dry textbook or simply yeah. watching a video. Well, that's just what I was thinking. I mean, with even with the best teachers, the best textbooks, to feel like you're in it—that's so. I mean, it is experiential, and so. Think and you think about how you learn and how much more those kind of things stick with you. I mean, I'd love to know if people were researching this for, you know, how how much some of these topics in school are uh, are sticking, how much you know people are retaining, comparing of you know learning through something like video games versus traditional lecture and textbook. I'm like, wow, I want I got to research all this stuff. This is so cool. Um, are there are there other things? I mean, I think you've kind of alluded to a lot of it. And again, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is like a whole nother world. I feel like I need to check out. But um, what would you say maybe more specifically have been some of the biggest changes in the industry? I think I think an overall an overall diversity um, of of experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, and and the way the the industry has has grown, I think, with um, with with world interest, um, with with world culture, with uh, with freedom of expression. Just the other day uh, on the PlayStation Store, there is an LGBTQ plus section on the PlayStation Store uh, for characters and for experiences. 
And, and to think of something like that, you know, even 15, 20 years ago, again, with these notions of really what is a video game. And I think the ability uh, of, of self-expression and community just, just really makes it a, uh, an unparalleled industry in some ways uh, mm-hmm. for, for people finding that, for people finding themselves, you know, and being able to, uh, to find others with similar interests, meet new individuals. But it just seems like the industry is, is growing in a lot of ways. And I think it's because it's under the spotlight a little bit more uh, than it previously has been. You know, just a, a few recent examples that come to mind. If you watch the Olympic opening ceremony, uh, the the music was video game music, and I, they they discussed it during the opening ceremony. But I think that that takes a lot of people back. That while a symbol of of national prominence, there are hundreds of thousands of video game companies around the world, and each country has uh, certain games that they're more known for with incredible soundtracks. And being able to to set that stage, you know, bring it to a level of prominence like mm-hmm. the Olympic stage was was frankly even a little surprising to me. Really? Like when when you were watching it, were you like, whoa, like, did you recognize the music? I I did recognize some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's some, some, some great music out there to, to be sure Now that upcoming Ryan Reynolds movie, Michelle uh, named free guy. Love Ryan Reynolds. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. And he's, he's playing a, he's playing an NPC or a non-player controlled character in a, in a large online game. And you know, the movie is getting uh, excellent reviews for the level of humanity and character that it brings. But just another, another example of something that probably wouldn't have been thought possible five or, or 10 years ago. And politicians are taking notice, you know, uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Cortez, for example, she is a content provider. She actively streams on a platform called Twitch, um, a, a few different video games, and she uses it as a way to engage with her constituents. And she averages hundreds of thousands of viewers, as opposed to a, a traditional um, call it town hall between a whether it be Joe Biden or Donald Trump, they're averaging ten to twenty thousand viewers and being wow. able to relate to people through the medium of video games um, and again finding a, a much larger audience than more traditional means. Wow, gosh, um, anything else you can think of because the more you're saying this stuff, I'm like, wow, it's everywhere. <laughs> It's like when you're buying a car and you you're shopping for a car and all of a sudden you see the car everywhere, you know, I'm like, and you now just can't, I, you see it yeah, everywhere, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. And I think sometimes it's, it's not even advertised that, uh, that it's, that it's a video game necessarily that it's based on, you know, the, an upcoming HBO show called the last of us is an extremely successful, uh, PlayStation video game, uh, about the unity and bond of friendship. And, mm-hmm. um, it takes place in a, in a very challenging world. Now, HBO understands what they have here. They're actually spending more money per episode than they ever did for Game of Thrones. They're spending wow. far in excess of 10 to 15 million bucks per episode for this show and certainly per making episode. a financial commitment. Wow. Gosh, I'm going like, to have to check that out too. Um, can you say a little bit about, because when we, you and I had talked briefly, you were telling me about esports, and that like really sparked my interest because just, I guess, share, share a little bit, again, high level for people that aren't familiar and some of your, some of what you know about it. Yeah. And this is a, this is another entirely different area for, for people to, you know, enjoy content. Um, esports involves people 
playing video games competitively of, of multiple genres to a live audience and an online audience. And as you're starting to see television leave the traditional uh, cable or over-the-air programming, you're seeing the major networks adopt their own streaming platforms, standalone streaming platforms, in the same way that the video game industry is largely conveyed over uh, networks like Twitch and YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so you have people that routinely post content on a daily or weekly basis. They gather hundreds of thousands of followers, if not uh, millions of followers, and, and wow. they're able to, in essence, become uh, television show hosts in the 21st century is a pretty simple way to look at it. And, yeah. and one of those things is, is organized competitive video games uh, with now gaining in popularity to the point that it's it's the second most popular quote unquote sport in the United States behind only the NFL. You have tens of millions of people tuning in to organized events that that fill up the Staples Center, Michelle. So they're they're renting out in a traditional non-pandemic atmosphere these major sports arenas and also streaming live um, around the world. And you have a lot of notable personalities that are buying esports teams as a result of that. So both both Jerry Jones and, and Robert Kraft, who who many are yeah. aware of, the owners of the Dallas Cowboys and the New England Patriots, uh, have purchased their own esports teams as a way of of entering that dynamic and that that revenue stream in this this future competitive arena. But a lot of people, I think, the the moral to me, are actually interested in either watching people uh, discuss video games or watching people play video games in a way that that you know not only brings them in, but it can frankly be relaxing to to have an experience like that after a after a long week just sitting down enjoying a discussion over a particular topic that may bring up some element of nostalgia mm-hmm. or, or or discuss something something fascinating in that regard do you think there's some other things again that that we haven't touched on that might be continue to be misunderstood about the industry or or maybe not as well known especially for someone like me who's who you know doesn't really have pers- too much personal experience with it I'm I'm shocked by some of these statistics myself I I find it hard to believe that just this many people play video games um I think we're we're moving past the stage where well, some people like to say they don't eat at McDonald's. It's like a badge of honor, but somehow they sell <laughs> billions of hamburgers. So right, I'm right. pretty sure a lot of people eat at McDonald's. So I think we're moving past that that transition of you know a lot of people enjoying video games on their own and now starting to come together a little bit more collectively as a community. Yeah. Um, but 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 it is something where um, you know I, I guess back to what we talked about earlier, Michelle. You know, sort of having this this uh, this new era of of, of talent, uh, I think greater diversity being brought on board. There's no doubt, um, top selling video games in the, in the early two thousands would fall into a few narrow trenches, you know, whether it was a, a sports game, a first person shooter, some of these things. And now as we're maturing a little bit more, I think the industry in general, it's also attracting more established talent. Um, everyone from, uh, everyone from Gary Oldman to Keanu Reeves is uh, is showing up as as a featured actor in in various narrative driven video games, and so I think seeing that shift as well, uh, greater recognition from from Hollywood from the music industry, I think it's eventually going to uh, sort of bring it to bring it to an even larger variety of people, and and maybe become a little bit more typical of of uh, a, a greater amount of folks' lifestyle. Hmm. 
Yeah, it strikes me just like a couple of words that keep floating around in my head is just the inclusive nature of it. Games you could play as an individual, but there's also a lot of opportunities, whether it's through the esports and viewing it versus playing it, but just the ability to find community and connection and as a way of socializing, just like it would be if you went to play basketball with a friend or watch a basketball game. I mean, am am I on the right track here? I I think you absolutely are. You know, uh, personally, Michelle, um, I I, I love to read. I I, I really enjoy it. And uh, recently I I read a book uh, called The Underground Railroad, which uh, just a couple years old, won the National Book Review Award. And it was a a book in a pre-Civil War period about individuals traveling on an actual underground railroad, light science fiction elements, a brick and mortar subterranean railroad. And they would encounter various individuals that lent personality to the social injustice that was happening uh, in mm-hmm. the country at that time. Sure. And I'm playing a game currently called uh, Plague, a Tale of Innocence that takes place in France in 1348 that in, in many ways uh, gives me the same feeling and emotion as I did when I, when I read that book, being able to see a, mm-hmm. a brother and sister move through plague-ridden Europe um, and, and attempt to uh, find find themselves to to help others to gain further bonds of friendship and family, all set amidst a backdrop of the Hundred Year War and the Great Plague, uh, gives me the same sort of uh, overall, I think, enjoyment and mm-hmm. and personal development that I would get from reading one of the best novels in recent memory. Wow! So just like perspective, really kind of understanding what it would an idea of what it might be like to live during a time like that, to experience something like that. Yeah. And a a firm step, a firm step, I think into into more challenging storytelling uh, Mm -hmm. than than maybe video games would, would have been associated with in the past. Are there other um, things you can share as far as what has been so personally fascinating about it for you or other things maybe you've learned about yourself playing these games or just found meaning in, in game playing? Well, the community has a little bit to do with it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would say I have about a dozen coworkers that in their own way, uh, enjoy, enjoy gaming and as well personally from, from high school and college. And it's, it's sort of a, uh, it's sort of a tool to, to keep up with individuals. You know, it's, it's interesting yeah. how quickly the, the conversation turns to what we commonly appreciate about some of the video game experiences we've had and a way to, a way to catch up and keep up with, with folks, um, you know, trading stories, trading screenshots, if you will. And, uh, it's, it's an excellent, I think, community tool in that way. And, yeah. and for me, many of the best experiences I've had, uh, many of the best stories that I've encountered have, have been through the gaming medium as well. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, I love good storytelling, but, that uh, that's just yet yet another example of how many different types of games there are, how many entry points there are. I think people play for a for a variety of reasons, but maybe the common denominator is 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 seeing it uh, grow in in overall magnitude, grow in in popularity and experience in such a way where um, again hard to predict in the future. But this growth comes with a certain sense of responsibility as well, and I think mm-hmm. the industry also has a lot of its a lot of its own growth to appreciate you know when when something finds this much success on a large scale it to me ultimately leads to revealing those areas that are most in need of 
cultural and organized improvement. And the video game industry is not without its issues. Um, there, there is a is a great degree of um, social and gender equality that that many companies have that we've certainly seen in mm-hmm. many other areas in our society. And so I think having that having that spotlight to uh, of, of greater intensity on the industry is going to help in its own personal growth. But there's no doubt uh, that many many changes and advancements need to be made. A, uh, an article that uh, some of your viewers may be able to Google is the recent Activision Blizzard employee walkout and interest in unionization for uh, hundreds of employee of employees. And this is a, a very real thing that not only facing society, but the video game industry at large as well. Mm-hmm. Sure. So just like probably any industry, lots, lots of things to, to be impressed by with the growth to see where it can go. But of course, areas to improve as well. I mean, I don't know if there's anything that you couldn't put into that category, right? The both sides of a coin of anything, right? Absolutely. Um, are there, um, can you share a little bit about what type of games you particularly enjoy or even even just give an example of a few different games? Because when you're, when you're explaining this, like the Egyptian one, or I'm like, gosh, how cool. Like you're, you're playing a game, but you're learning about history. I'm, I feel like I need to like play it just to even see what the visuals and what the felt experience would be. But could you, could you share a little bit kind of, maybe a recent favorite or two, or just give a few more examples of some particular games or themes that you are particularly um, interested in or find enjoyment with? Well, I'll start off by saying that that video games greatly increased the the health of my lifestyle and helped me lose 50 pounds at one point. About five years into my career after college, um, I was, I was working at, uh, uh, a, a fixed project location hadn't yet started traveling as much in, in yeah. my career. And, uh, let's just say that, uh, you know, thousand plus calorie lunches were a little too easy to come by. And so <laughs> over the course of, of months and over a year, I had, I had gained a lot over, over 40, 50 pounds from my college weight, knew I needed to do something about it. Yeah. And since, since I already knew video games were, were engaging to me, uh, I found an, an excellent aerobic workout, uh, video game that also allowed me to track and monitor my my calorie intake, uh, utilize with my cell phone uh, to sync with my with my home console when I got home in the evening, perform my workout routine, and it became uh, regimented in a way where I felt organized in the same way a great video game is engaging. And before I knew it, wow. um, I had been using this for for almost a year. Uh, a little over and it, and it lost 45 pounds that I've mostly managed to keep off today, but I probably need to get back to it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The pandemic pounds. (laughs) Oh yeah. Was it like, what's that game uh, where it's like a dance off and it wasn't. Oh yeah. Dance dance revolution. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yep. maybe yep. of that, but was this like, was it like working with a trainer or was it like you were going through can you share a little bit more? Cause I mean, talk about if it made you feel that engaged, like you almost, it sounds like you almost like forgot you were really working out if I'm hearing you. That, that's exactly right. This was what was called an, an augmented reality game where, where okay. a camera is tracking your movements. And so you're physically uh, performing um, cardio exercise in, in your own home. And so while I'm sure I looked ridiculous, I was doing everything from picking up virtual dodgeballs in my living room, uh, running up towards the TV, placing them on the shelf and, and running back in position to um, jumping jacks to 
uh, push-ups, you name it, uh, whatever the game had next in the overall and the overall workout routine. But it it found great ways to to keep it fresh, uh, yeah, to keep fun. me engaged. Yeah, and something that really modern technology made possible in the way of the I think the overall quality of the experience as well. Wow! So could you pick different? I'm so into this. Could could you pick different? Like I want to play dodgeball today. I want to do like boot camp today. I mean. You, you sure can. Yeah. Wow. Whether you're looking for something that's a little bit more straightforward fitness, uh, there, are, there are video games for everything from Zumba to Taibo. And wow. in much the same way, there are video games with, with more of a story element to it that, again, sort of, uh, sort of hide the fact that you're uh, exerting physical fitness. There are video games for uh, one, one called Beat Saber, where you're moving your hands to the rhythm of the music at a, at a frenetic pace, frankly. And exercising to a large degree. And there are others where there's actually a story behind it. And many of the actions you provide in game are, are physical actions, um, again, in an attempt to sort of veil what otherwise would be a, a routine workout. And I mm-hmm. think what you're seeing now with uh, what Peloton is making capable, collecting to internet-based infrastructure is sort of blurring that line. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if the Pelotons of the world begin to adopt certain video game mechanics in much the same way that video games are are moving yeah. in that particular genre to more of a traditional workout. Yeah. It kind of reminds me, you know, have you seen the advertisements for that mirror that yeah. you work on? Is that, right. would that, would that be considered like a, a game? I mean, would that be oh, part very of much it? So. Okay. Very much so. Yeah. It's, it, it's sort of that you're seeing these, these early attributes that, uh, um, sort of again, blur that line a little bit. Take, uh, take the Tesla automobiles, for example, mm-hmm. Elon Musk is, uh, uh, very passionate about video games. And so he, uh, actually places the ability in every car to, uh, connect a wireless controller, say you're, you're, you're not moving, you're, you're stuck in your car, maybe you're waiting for something, you're actually able to play uh, well-known traditional video games on your, on your vehicle screen should you choose to do so. So he, wow. he's finding ways to implement that into a, into a modern automobile, for instance. Wow, that's so cool. You know, um, if I'm just being totally honest, one of my, like, if I had a stereotype about video, like a very traditional way to think about video games, albeit, albeit very... 80s 90s video games i have this this idea that perhaps it's it's not living enough in the regular world it's too fantasy maybe it's too um you know some some of the the movies even about what was that movie ready player one where it's virtual reality and then people are less interested maybe in the real world um and and again i I, i'm just owning a lot of ignorance ignorance around this topic but what would you say to that well i think it can be um you know it that certainly can be true um Mm -hmm. it's almost like well if if it depends on the person i think you you will certainly have some people that um, potentially let it consume them. Um, but should it become such a large degree that it's an observed trend for a variety of people that are playing video games, then there's there's probably some consequence to that. And I, I think a similar, uh, a similar controversy or opinion, if you will, would be uh, the rash of gun violence across the United States. Many ask the question, is, is gun violence more common in the United States because of certain video games, uh, certain video games where shooting is involved, like a mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto, for instance. And, you know, in that case, the truth is 
uh, every other country around the world has those exact video games. And, right. and, and so you're, you're not really seeing a causation between video game engagement and gun violence necessarily. But in terms of letting it take over someone's routine, I mm-hmm. think a lot of that has to do with uh, one's, one's own enjoyment of life, one's own ability to, um, to, you know, uh, find, find value and freedom of expression in their own lives and video games in my mind are not meant to substitute that they're meant to, I think, enhance mm. the level of engagement that you should and, and would already have in increasing levels with your own life. So certainly I think that, um, that mental health, mental health in my mind, um, can be propelled and aided rather than, rather than damaged by video games. And I, I, I think from what I've seen, that would be the overwhelming trend. Uh, but certainly you're going to have folks out there that, that, uh, um, probably, probably need someone to talk to need help, you know, shouldn't mm-hmm. let themselves themselves be consumed by video games and potentially uh, a future tool within video games would allow for that type of connection for, mm-hmm. for people to help each other uh, in increasing levels of success to really, really aid mental health. Yeah. Yeah. And, and probably just like anything, moderation, right? Like, you know, you could make the argument getting, being too hyper-focused and spending too many X amount of too many hours doing anything probably isn't the most healthy or well-rounded. Um, you, you sure could. Yeah. I guess, you know, addiction uh, comes, comes in a whole lot of different forms to, sure to be A certain. lot of packages. <laughs> yeah. It, it, we could be having the same conversation about cigarettes or cookie dough. Right. Yeah. Cookie dough, man. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> any, any other just ex- fun examples of like, of games that you found have been particularly interesting or engaging or, um, cause I, I'm having fun just hearing about all this. I'm like, wow. Well, there are, there are a lot of great, uh, a lot of great articles and, and, uh, and, and videos out there, as you might imagine for, for fantastic entry points, or if you're just in the mood for, for a specific type of experience. And I played a game with my wife not too long ago called overcooked, where you both attempt to uh, run a kitchen together in real time, working for, uh, various restaurants. And so you're trying to get the food That's out the door fun. to oh, the man. tables, make ever increasingly complex recipes. And it was so much fun for both of us because, you know, we're, we're visiting and talking about a subject together, working together, yeah. um, in a teamwork based atmosphere, um, experiencing something we never have before. And, and it was right. a really fun way to, to kind of, you know, further our own relationship and have fun doing something, um, doing something like that, that required very close and careful coordination. So it, it, just another example of, um, just the increasingly diverse variety of genres out there. But I, you know, I would encourage you to maybe look up something you already enjoy in the medium of books, movies, or music. And, yeah. and chances are there's an, an excellent interactive, um, experience for, for you to begin enjoying yourself. Yeah. Well, when you mentioned the food one, I'm like, well, that, that could be my entry point. <laughs> Anything <laughs> food related. Yeah. Um, well, this is, this is so interesting and such an, I mean, I feel like my takeaway thus far is just a broadened sense of what video games and being a gamer or playing games can mean. I think in all honesty, I'd like a much more narrow definition of that. Yeah, I think it's becoming a an increasingly important medium, and you know how we define ourselves as a as a culture. You're, you're seeing now the majority of people 
um, interacting with one another, um, enjoying their own types of video games. And so, uh, really today, I just appreciate being able to talk to you about, uh, about the medium in general, about video games and you know, something to pay attention to. I think something to enjoy is something we can all maybe, um, investigate and understand a little bit more if, if, if you're interested, because there's a, there's, there's a, a lot to learn and, and just a fascinating, a fascinating industry to me. Yeah. Well, you're clearly enthusiastic about it. And it sounds like enthusiastic about your own experience, but also just where the industry's going. Is is that fair to say? Kind of watching this this thing that feels like it's like on the verge of getting even huger, if that's possible, which I feel like it's going to, just getting this overview with you. Absolutely. You know, th- those of us those of us uh, enjoying and following the industry are, I think, watching something that's that's never occurred at this scale before. And so mm-hmm. um, for, from an entertainment point of view, um, just be fascinating to, to see where it all goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be thinking of you every time I see those. I'm like, oh, that's that's it again. It's everywhere. And I'm finally like paying attention. <laughs> um, are there any final like thoughts or, or things that might be helpful to share or just fun to kind of share with this audience? Well, it's a it's a Sunday. It's getting close to noon. And uh, I think I'm going to enjoy the rest of my weekend by sitting down to a little PlayStation. And, and that can mean so many things. Uh, yeah. I'll probably have Spotify on for a couple hours today. Uh, yeah. may, may enjoy a little Netflix, may watch some streaming on Twitch and mm-hmm. may play a, may play a game for an hour or two as well. So it's, it's that's sort fun. of the, uh, the self-contained multimedia experience. Yeah, that's so cool. Well, thanks so much for, I guess, being patient with me and explaining this to me and just kind of open, opening my eyes to something I'm very much not familiar with. And, and you've sparked some curiosity in me. So thank you, Chris. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle, and uh, great show. Look forward to listening to your future guests. Thanks so much for listening. Please leave a review and share with a friend. And if you're enthusiastic about something and want to share it, please contact me at michelle at enthusiasmdiaries.com.